0: It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's all right, Ron. Please, it's Christian Brown There's oh. a lob. Oh. A slam. A 40-foot alley-oop. CBI on the lob.
1: A bodge of the pro.
0: Quick cut. Oh, yeah. All right. Beautiful. Uh, Countdown to March Madness number three. My paper that I have here says number one for some reason, so I messed yeah. that up. Good work. That Good was work. a mistake. It was a copy and paste action where I forgot to switch the one and the three. All right. <laughs> this is the third edition. We got uh, next, uh, next Monday we will have a conference tournament beginning, so... Something to look forward to there. Wow. I'm not even I'm not even sure what league it is, but I have a thing in front of me that says it. So I'm just gonna look. Uh it is the neck, the Northeast Conference. Conference tournament starts next Monday. So we'll be uh we'll be all over that. We'll make a prediction for that, I'm sure, in the Monday episode as well next week. But uh we'll talk about what's happened in the last week. And everyone's gonna want to talk about the whole thing that happened yesterday at Michigan, Wisconsin. We'll get into that. We won't go too in depth because I mean everybody's talked about it, and uh, you know, I think it's I think it's enough you know, going too in-depth with this whole thing. But um, sure. before, I uh, wrote down the best game of last week to me was Villanova going into Providence and winning uh, 89-84 wild game uh, at the Dunk. Uh, it's the Dunk Dunkin' Donut Center. They call it the Dunk. I think it's way cooler when you call it the Dunk. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. I mean, Colin Gillespie was unbelievable. 33 points, four rebounds, two assists, 58 percent from the field, 10 for 17, five of eight from three, and uh, he did what great college basketball guards do: hit a big shot, eight for eight from the free throw line. Seems pretty significant. And I think we're backing on Villanova, don't you think?
1: Oh yeah, um, 100. I yeah, I was I was gone at the beginning, but man, they they're they're good. Um, you, you talk about their depth a lot and you know they're not deep very much, but the guys they got are really good. Um, and Colin Gillespie, when he's hitting, he, he it seems like he never misses.
0: So. They're like a they're like a very uh, you know they have a championship pedigree in the program like they've won two titles in the last yeah. six years. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, And I think that's something that they've been there. Yep. Yeah. People don't really talk about that a lot. Like the fact that Villanova has two titles, like I don't think that people talk about that very much. Like they talk about Virginia winning in 19 after losing to a 16 seed. They'll talk about what Baylor did last year, but like nobody really talks about uh, Villanova. But I think a lot of that maybe has to do with the big East. Like the big East is a, is a conference that doesn't really have very much hype. In it yeah. at this point, I think there's a lot of very bad or mediocre teams in the conference uh, because outside of like Villanova, Providence, UConn, kind of Xavier this year. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty lackluster in talent, but whatever. Um, also, we're to the point of the year where the Big Ten's being talked about a lot and how good is it? And last year, there was a lot of the, about the Big Ten, about how good it was. And then everybody right. fell flat on their face in the tournament, with the exception of Michigan last year uh so i mean what is the big 10 i i don't even know
1: i don't i yeah and that's a that's a really good question um because the big 10 is uh i don't know you have those games that are just weird like you know 46 43 or whatever that rutgers uh iowa Iowa game um you know it seems like they're their teams can be really bad at times and then they can be really good at times. I think, I think you've even seen that with Purdue right now, Purdue looks as good as they have all year. Um, and then, you know, a team like Illinois probably not, doesn't look as good as they have all year. Um, they've been struggling quite a bit, um, especially putting together a full game and then you have Wisconsin who just, uh, they just keep winning. Um, and and i think that wisconsin's one of those teams that they can either they they can either go really far in the in the tournament or they could lose their first game so you know it's it's it kind of depends on what teams show up at the tournament and you know the good thing is i guess you have older kids now because everybody could come back if they wanted to Um, you know everybody's probably been there and they know what to expect so maybe the Big Ten will make a better run but I I don't know I really don't
0: I think I think you could separate the Big Ten into three tiers I think Purdue is in tier one but they're also a little bit ahead of everybody else in tier one which would be Wisconsin Illinois and Ohio State probably Uh, and then the second tier would be Rutgers Michigan State Iowa Uh, I guess Michigan and Indiana belong in there too. Yeah, And honestly, Penn State, I think, would be another team that I would throw into that tier. They're not going to make the tournament unless they win the Big Ten tournament, but they're also not in that last tier of Northwestern, Maryland, Minnesota, Nebraska, which is just a horrendous part of the conference. So I feel like it would be probably disrespectful for me to put Penn State in with the bottom four just because of how they've played. Like, they're a good defensive team, uh, they play really hard. There's a clear difference between this year's team and last year's team. Uh, with the way that Micah Shrewsbury has coached there, I think he's done a good job. And I think that that's why Penn State's not going to be lumped in with the Northwestern. The Maryland's had some good performances, but they're just very inconsistent. Um, mm-hmm. And Nebraska is just a, a total train wreck. <laughs> so I don't think that I would put Penn State in the bottom tier. I think I'd put them in the very low part of the second tier because they're a good defensive team. Sure. And yeah. they play a lot better or a lot harder under Shrewsbury than they, than they did for the interim head coach last year, whose name I don't even know that's how unimportant it is. <laughs> um, but uh, let's go to the ACC. Uh, how much do you think the ACC teams could be punished for the idea that their league stinks? Like outside of Duke, there's nobody in the ACC that you really look at as a threat.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you usually think of the ACC and you think they're going to get eight to nine teams in. Um this year, I, you know, their conference records look good, but they, do they match that conference record with the, with the eye test? Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I mean, you, you have North Carolina, who I, I think right now is uh, considered a bubble team, who's third tied with Miami. And you don't even know if they're going to get in the tournament, right? I mean, I think they're, they're on the right side of the bubble right now, but, uh, it'd be weird if, if the ACC only got three teams in. Here's the and thing. I don't know if that's possible, but.
0: And John Fanta last night on the Field of 68 show brought up a great point. If you watched North Carolina and their win um, on Saturday over Virginia Tech, that's a road game. That's a quad one win. But guess what? those are two teams that are not deserving of getting a quad one win against each other. Right. Like, neither yeah. of those teams played well. It didn't. It wasn't a game that you thought a quad one win is on the line here for North Carolina. It's <laughs> just – that's why you just can't look into the quad victories as, as much as I think they want us to. It's just because sure. North Carolina is not a good basketball team. Like, they have had many games against quad one opponents where they've gotten destroyed. Stomped, Yeah. I just don't see them as a tournament team, but I just I think it's
1: a... I don't know how you leave them even even if you say the ACC is down and they end up winning you know 22 games or 21 yeah, games how do you not put them in I mean currently they're two games back of first place Duke in the ACC so one I, thing I just don't understand like I don't know what you like are they gonna you know have six teams in just because. You know those no. those teams are all eleven and six or better right now, or will will the committee keep them out?
0: I think when North Carolina gets absolutely stomped by Duke to end the season, that's really going to hurt North Carolina because they're gonna they might lose at Duke by thirty. I mean that's Coach Gay's final game of the regular season and his final game against North Carolina. Yeah, uh, he they are going to get destroyed in that game. Yeah. So I just, I just don't wonder. See
1: it. Yeah, they, so they average seven point three teams a year, and they might they might get four. Is four max? You think?
0: I would think I so. Unless, like, unless a right Syracuse, now, but... if a Syracuse type team wins the ACC tournament, which right. very well happen. Right. Uh, I don't. I just. I just don't see a scenario where you give the ACC that many teams. Like you have to. At some point, you can't just look at the the school or the conference and say, well, they have to be in the tournament. Like, North Carolina's resume sucks. Their eye test sucks. Uh, every team in the ACC is not above average to me except for Duke. And if you look at Lenardi right now, and this is updated as of uh, a date that I can't find when he updated <laughs> it. Uh, this is updated as of three days ago, so there's going to be another big update coming. But he had five ACC teams in. Yeah. And I just don't see that. Like how – I just don't understand it. Like he has North Carolina last four in. He has uh, Duke obviously in. He has Notre Dame as a nine, which is just unbelievable to me. Wake Forest and Miami as a nine. So pretty much Duke as a two, North Carolina uh, as a 12, and then he has – Miami, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame is nines. I just – if they get five teams, it's going to be unbelievable to me. And
1: and the real question is, would those – if that wasn't North Carolina and it was, you know, say it was somebody else in the ACC, you know, like Georgia Tech or something, would Georgia Tech get in? Or are they getting in because they're North Carolina? It's kind of like it's kind of like people keep talking about Michigan being a bubble team, and they're fourteen and eleven. It's like that's seriously driving me crazy.
0: Yeah, because you would think the Michigan at this point is not going to end up with more than like seventeen wins. So I feel like that's. I, I mean, the old school way of it can kind of be looking at records, but there's so much more to it now. Right. But North Carolina is going to get in if their resume. Like if they don't get embarrassed by Duke and they win a couple of ACC tournament games, they're going to get. Yeah, oh yeah. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the Pac-12, another very confusing conference because Oregon <laughs> looked like they were going to beat Arizona, played well, and they just they just fall apart. That's what they've been this year. And uh, I just, I mean, you got to know what the score is at the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Like you take a two when you're down three. Like, that
1: was that was the weirdest end of a game I've seen in a long
0: time. And USC probably should have lost to Washington State last night. They ended up yeah. winning UCLA yeah. without Juzang had a really slow start against Washington, but ended up blowing them out. So I feel like Arizona in the power six conferences, I think Arizona has the biggest gap between them and the next best team in their conference yeah. because in the big 10, I don't think Illinois or Wisconsin or Ohio State are that far behind Purdue. In the SEC, I don't even know who the best team is. I mean, Auburn and Kentucky are clear 1-2, but who's better? I think there's a debate there. The Big East, I think Villanova is a lot better than everybody else, but I also think the Providence and UConn are not as far behind as UCLA or Oregon or USC in the Pac-12. And then, like I said, right. the ACC, Duke – and Duke and Arizona are the two biggest gaps. So, I mean, this conference is just horrendous. And I really hope that we don't get screwed out of a an actual deserving at-large team uh, getting in because some just to get BS Pac-12 team won the tournament. Like Oregon <laughs> State last year, that can't happen again this right, year. Right. Arizona or USC or UCLA need to win this tournament. Although I think Oregon has a chance because they always somehow show up in these spots. But they didn't show up in the second half on Saturday, so whatever. Right. Uh let's see. Kin Palm likes Kentucky much more than Auburn. Your thoughts?
1: Seems fair. I think Kentucky's Kentucky's finally playing a lot better. Um, they didn't have two of their guards this week and uh still won pretty handedly, right? If I remember right.
0: Yeah, they uh they were giving up a ton of points. They got a big punch in the mouth against Bama, and then they just uh Blew out Bama after that without yeah. Wheeler without tie tie. So here's the thing I usually am all over Kentucky. I picked them to win the tournament all the time. Right. I'm not buying into the hype yet. I'm just not. I don't I just see a lot of inconsistencies there. I yeah. think if tie tie is not playing long term, then you have a real problem with their offense. But the thing that can mask that is Grady hitting seven threes like he did on uh Saturday. So yeah, true. I still like Auburn a little bit more. A little bit. It's very close, but the metrics would tell you that Kentucky's the number two team in the country and Auburn's number six. And uh, Kentucky's offense is 13 spots better, while Auburn's defense is 13 spots better than Kentucky's. So I just, yeah. I don't know. I'm not buying in the hype fully yet on Kentucky.
1: Well, unless, I I mean, Auburn's kind of one of those streaky teams. They, they've won some games they probably shouldn't have um the record could be a lot worse than what it is
0: them and alabama might be the two biggest playing down to their competition teams in the country playing down or up yeah because alabama showed up against gonzaga beat them showed up against kentucky for a little bit and then just couldn't make anything but then like you look at alabama's losses you look at auburn's losses or auburn's close calls you know auburn florida is a mediocre team i know it's on the road but still yeah um they played down to Georgia. They played down to Missouri. That's just bad. Like you can't have that in March. And Alabama the same way. They, they lost to Georgia and uh, Iona. So it right. just we'll see. Um, all right, uh, Houston. I don't know what we make of them. I definitely don't think they're anywhere near as good as they were last year. The metrics still like them. Those seventh overall on Ken Palm. Uh, they lost back to back against SMU and Memphis, and they had a close call with a double overtime victory over Wichita State yesterday, which we were watching. And, uh, I mean, yeah. some of the worst defense I've ever seen by Wichita State <laughs> late. So That was brutal. Really blew that. So I just don't know what to make of Houston. I, I don't think the American is a, a good conference at all after right. a couple of the top teams. I mean, Cincinnati's all right. Um, Memphis is just not it. And, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Houston is probably not going to get past the Sweet 16 this year, I don't think. I mean, I don't know. What do you
1: yeah. think of Houston? I I I think you're exactly right. I, I just don't think that they're they've shown that they're as good as, you know, maybe they started off. Um they're they're struggling as of late, it seems, but uh I, I think they could make a run. I mean, Elite Eight, maybe, but it depends on the draw, probably. Yeah. It's all about matchups once you get to the tournament.
0: So. They have some injuries too, so I don't know. Uh, all right, let's do this before we move on. Jawan Howard, Greg Gard, <laughs> that whole thing yesterday. Uh, we yeah. watched it live right after we went off the air for the Illini podcast. Uh, your your thoughts?
1: Uh, it's just weird. I think um, you know they kind of they kind of uh, somebody had a video Pablo. Escobar or somebody had a video up close. Um, and it seemed like uh, Juwan Howard wanted to walk past Greg Gard. You know, Greg Gard kind of grabs him and says, hey, we're going to talk. And uh, then people started defending each other and, you know, a smack to the face, a punch to the face. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I think it's all BS and, and adults need to act like adults but uh, you know, Juwan is threatened by, you know, small guys, apparently, <laughs> because that's apparently why he wanted to kill Mark Turgeon last year. I yeah. just think I think the biggest part of it that there is a it's repeat. Um he Juwan Howard walked through the line without shaking Brad Underwood's hand this year at you know when they played Illinois. So I I know there's going to be punishments. I think there should be punishments. Uh, he's just, I, he's got to start acting like an adult. I, I know that, you know, he's had a pretty good life. So he thinks that maybe he's above everybody, but you're not. So
0: I think that the biggest want? thing here is probably the fact that you look at the past interactions between the two and it kind of seems like they're like weird buddies. That's kind of my takeaway from the last few times that they've had interactions uh, in other games. But I just, I just wonder if the big 10 is actually going to get this right. Like I could see a scenario where the big 10 really screws up the punishments, but I would think the guard should get a game just for being involved in the fact that yeah. he did grab Jawan to be fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame him for doing that, but he did do that. And then obviously the assistant for Wisconsin uh, was touching and well, he's definitely saying things, I'm sure, but he was also, you know, kind of pushing and putting his arm on a Michigan player. So he's definitely going to get a game or two at least.
1: Yeah. I don't think the thing – I don't think anybody was in the right here. I don't – you know, and that's – I feel like people have tried to per- push that narrative that, you know, Greg Guard was in the right or, you know, Jawan was in the right because he felt threatened because his hand – you know, somebody touched his arm. Um <laughs> It's just, it, they should be embarrassed. They should both have apologized for what happened and nobody did. That That's kind of my thing. Like you, you got to own up to your BS at some point. And, and I, and it seems like it could happen again. The The whole thing is, is there's nothing wrong with calling a timeout. There's nothing wrong with pressing. It's a basketball game. If you're that mad about it, just go to the locker room. Like, why, why even go through the line if you're not going to shake anybody's hand? Just, but go you're not
0: pro room. getting rid of the handshake line altogether. No, I think right? that's, that's, I think that's stupid. That's ridiculous. And here's, like, uh, if you
1: can't be an adult and walk through a line and shake somebody's hand, then you probably shouldn't be on the court.
0: Well, you look around the Big 10, let's get uh, Tom Izzo's thoughts here on the situation uh, right here. If some team doesn't want to shake hands, you're going to see 15 of my guys walk down, I'm going to shake, air. I'm going to shake air, and I'm going to shake air and then we're going to leave. <laughs> so he, he 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 I love that first of all.
1: Shake the air. Um and a lot of like you see it a lot um uh teams are starting to just High five themselves, right? You know, you don't even say hi to the other team. So
0: it's very weird. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if you look back, I looked at Talk a back to like children
1: is my thing. I
0: was looking at like blowout win, blowout losses for Michigan and how Juwan interacted with the other coach. So mm-hmm. I looked back at Illinois, Michigan last year when Illinois beat them by a lot at Michigan, and they had the COVID excuse, right? So they could just do the wave. Wave, how yeah. you
1: doing? Thank you. Wave and walk off.
0: Now he. I watched Underwood and Jawan from this year and they did shake hands, but Underwood looked like mad about something. I don't know why he just looked like the way he was talking. He just looked mad. I don't yeah. know what that was about, I, but you can't see Juwan's expression because he has a mask on. So thank God he had a mask on to protect himself and everybody. So congrats to him on that. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's move on from that. Cause it's, it's enough with that already. Yeah. I mean, it's been talked about a lot uh, evolution of the NCAA tournament selection process. I have a quote here from uh, Committee chair, Tom Burnett, cbssports.com. Uh, I believe this is a Matt Norlander article. Uh, here's his quote. He says, The eye test is not nearly as influential influential in discussion as it once was. Uh, we're talking about the full body of work, anything starting in November all the way through the conference tournaments, and that will factor into what we do. But there's a lot of conversation about why metrics shape up the way they do. What does this number mean? And we may not get to all the final answers, But it's certainly a big part of the conversation. I think that's what our membership wanted us to do a few years ago was to bring that discussion into the committee room, get away from what's used to known as the eye test and just looking at someone and saying they're a good team, or maybe they're not a good team. They're in the bracket. They're not in the bracket. We certainly don't want to do that. We want to be able to back up information we share and reveal, whether it's this weekend or it's the real thing in three weeks. So uh, I don't, I think the eye test is very important for some teams. Like, I don't think it should be used as much as they probably used to use it. So, I agree with the idea of looking at the numbers more and maybe other things, but you cannot look at the BPI. The BPI is the stupidest, worst stat chart, or whatever the hell you want to call it, I've ever seen. Like, you have Wyoming is the fifth ranked team in their own conference in BPI. How does that make any sense when they're clearly head and shoulders above almost everybody in that conference? Like they're like 92nd in BPI while San Diego State is 35th. I don't understand that at all. Uh, That seems like a joke to me. So I hope they don't look at that, but the eye test for a team like North Carolina would tell you they're not a good team. And it would say that for a lot of other teams that people probably think should be in. So, I mean, do you look at Indiana and think tournament team? No, but I think the resume will probably get them in. And the fact that, they have a couple of quality wins, but I just, like, I look at Rutgers and I think they are way better than Indiana. Like, I don't even think it's that close, but there's more of a debate about whether Rutgers is going to get it because of those bad losses and all the numbers than Indiana. So. Yeah.
1: And I think, I, I think they need to take into account how a team's playing, you know, closer to than you know, Rutgers lost to Liberty or whoever, you know, Like I said, games in December don't matter to me, so whatever. Um,
0: I think they matter somewhat, but I don't think they matter as much. I don't think they matter at all. How do they matter? Because it's still, like, when they look at the numbers, that still matters. Like, they're going to look at Alabama's resume and say, wow, they beat Gonzaga. That's going to be factored in in some way.
1: Well, I mean, they would also look at, you know, Duke and say, wow, they beat Gonzaga, but yet. Duke's not the number one overall seed. It's just, so. one it's mm-hmm. just
0: one little stat. It's just one little stat. So, I don't
1: know. I think it's dumb.
0: I think the committee's dumb. I'll, I said it. Put us on the committee is what they should do. If they don't want to, that's fine. But I think that's something that they should consider uh, throwing us in the committee. <laughs> uh, all right, let's I've do applied. the committee's initial top sixteen. Speaking of them. Uh, In the West region, which is San Francisco, it's Gonzaga, number one overall. It's Duke as a two-seed, number eight overall. It's Illinois as a three-seed, number 12 overall. And it's Texas as a four-seed, number 16 overall. In the Midwest, Chicago, it's Auburn, number one, number two overall. Two-seed Purdue, seven overall. Texas Tech, three-seed, 10 overall. And UCLA, four-seed, 14 overall. In the South San Antonio, Arizona, three-seed, or a one seed number three overall, Baylor two seed number five overall, Tennessee three seed number 11 overall, Providence four seed number 15 overall, East Region and Philadelphia. Uh, Kansas is a one seed number four overall, Kentucky's a two seed six overall, Villanova is a nine seed. Uh, why am I why do I keep mixing those up? They're number nine overall, three seed, and Wisconsin 13 overall, four seed. So, here are a couple takeaways. Number one, please explain to me how Kansas is a one seed instead of Kentucky. I think that, that that conversation should come down to, did they play head-to-head? Yes, they played head-to-head. Who won that game? Kentucky. Where was it at? It was at Kansas. Was it a complete and total embarrassment for Kansas? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Kentucky is more worthy of a one seed if it comes that close over Kansas. I think that the committee was generous to Wisconsin and Providence for their lack of good metrics, but giving them the four seeds. Um, I think Texas is completely overrated and I think that uh, Arizona is the number two overall seed now with Auburn's loss on Saturday. This came out before that. So,
1: yeah. um, I mean, you say that about Wisconsin, but uh, you know, you look at the big 10 and there's three teams leading the big 10. They're all, they all have the same amount of losses. I believe Purdue has moved into first because they got another win. Um, But you If you have three teams tied for first in the Big Ten, I think that they're all good enough to be a four-seater above. So um, maybe the metrics don't say that. Maybe Wisconsin's had an easier schedule than most people. Wisconsin's fifth
0: fifth in the net in the Big Ten. They're behind Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, Iowa. Yeah, which is unbelievable to me considering Iowa.
1: How Iowa's
0: yeah, their metrics are good. And then yeah. they're one five, and five in quad one. They have three quad two losses, but whatever. I mean, I don't get it. Uh, but I guess yeah. it is what it is. Uh, their I mean, average. I was cracked the top 25 this week. So, so props yeah. to them. Very exciting news for them. Uh,
1: Nobody cares about Rutgers, apparently, but sure.
0: Uh, yeah, They lost yesterday. It probably killed them, which is stupid, but I it's mean, at Purdue. Lost. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. hung around, but then kind of. They covered the spread, though, so that's all that matters. Bada-bing, bada-boom. So, yeah, I guess the the committee not punishing teams for bad metrics too much, which I think that that's fine. I mean, Providence uh, has a great record. You can say they've been lucky, which I would agree that they have been, but uh, they have too good of a record to be probably outside of the top 16 at this point. That could change. I mean, look at the last few years. We've seen a lot of movers and shakers with, uh, you know, Various yeah. one through well, fours. that's why it
1: wasn't last year, wasn't Missouri in the top 16. And then they yep. ended up being like a nine seed or something.
0: Yeah. So
1: a lot of time go. for people to move. I mean, there's four Plenty or five games left plus tournaments.
0: Plenty of time.
1: Plenty of time.
0: You go to the bracketology action, the bubble watch, all that good stuff real quick here. I mean, here's the deal. Uh, we all know that the overall number one seed is going to be Gonzaga. So we can just get that out of the way, folks. Don't be surprised when Gonzaga doesn't play anybody. Oh, dude. I mean, just you talk about
1: If Gonzaga loses one game, either regular season or in the conference tournament, are they the overall one seed?
0: No. Okay. They would be the number two overall one seed. Okay. They would get jumped by Arizona or maybe like if Duke – Makes a big a big run at it. I don't know, but uh, I mean, here's the thing: the bubble right now is starting to get better. I think we're kind of moving into that part of the uh, the bracketological discussions where the mm-hmm. bubble is starting to look a little bit better. But once again, you have a situation where Kansas is being listed as a one seed over Kentucky, which I don't agree with. But uh, you look at CBS's right now, Jerry Palm's bracket, which I always think is quite mediocre, but that's besides the point. Uh, Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, Kansas are the one seeds. Kentucky, Purdue, Baylor, Duke are the two seeds. So, I mean, I don't really – that's a tough one. That is a tough one because you look at his bracket – And uh, I just, I don't know, I don't see it as making a lot of sense. Like, I just don't understand why people are, like, in love with Indiana. Like, that just, come on. I just don't see it. I don't see them as a team that's going to do very much. I mean, you look at their resume, yeah, they have two quad one wins and no bad losses per se, but the thing with quad two is very deceptive. Like, they lost Penn State, Northwestern, Syracuse, Michigan are all games that Indiana lost. Those are quad two losses. But Syracuse is bad. Penn State and Northwestern are not good. Michigan hasn't been good. And that was a home game for Indiana. They got blown out by Michigan. So that's another thing where it's like, okay, the Big Tens – at this point, the Big Tens being looked at as like a great conference, which I don't think it's as good as it was last year. So I don't know if we're going to evolve at any point into – people's not liking the Big Ten as much within the next couple weeks. Yeah. And teams could drop off. So a lot of that's going to depend on who wins the conference tournament. Like if it's Chalk, if it's Purdue, if it's Illinois, if it's Wisconsin, if it's Ohio State, I think that that's fine. But if you have a Rutgers team or a Michigan team or anybody else winning it, then you're like, okay, now we got some props. So right now, at this very moment, how how many bids do you think the Big Ten will get?
1: Um... I would say uh, seven.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any way it's not seven or eight. I don't see nine, but eight yeah, probably will I, happen.
1: I just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't. It see, helps that the ACC
0: and Pac-12 are not going to get very many bids.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, I Indiana. I don't know if they deserve to be in it. I definitely don't think Michigan deserves to be in it. So. You're looking at Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio State, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Iowa, and I'd stop after that. So yeah, that'd be my choice. It's not again. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, four or five games left for all these teams. Um, Ohio State could lose a few more, um, which would make you know Michigan and Indiana move up a little bit, I guess. But I don't know. I think all there's right, a, too much basketball left. It to do Bracketology, guys. Come on.
0: Yeah, let's get past the boring (laughs) Bracketology stuff and move on to uh, our lineup of favorite players. So we kind of did something like this last year. Favorite player to watch, dynamic players, who you like, who you don't like, who you want to watch and play every night. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Let's start with each backcourt. So who is your backcourt for your your team?
1: Uh, My backcourt would be... um, I guess uh, Jaden Ivey okay. for Purdue. I just I, I think that he is one of the best basketball players um, out there right now. Uh, I don't think he gets a lot of credit because he's got so much talent around him on his team. Um, I you know people say, oh yeah, he's good, but he's not in the talk for you know a lot of awards or anything like that. Um, but yesterday, that one dunk he had was absolutely amazing. If you ask me um then i would go with benedict Matherin. i really like him um i like the way he plays he's got a beautiful shot if you ask brad underwood that's what a pro looks like so
0: um
1: him him and ivy are both averaging about the same 17 or so points a game so um and then uh i don't know i have uh Igbaji and Jabari Smith. So I don't know. Where wherever you want to put them.
0: I mean Akbaji's a guard, but he's like yeah. 6'5. He can play the wing a little bit.
1: Right. So we'll go with Ikbaji.
0: So I here's what I worry go. about with your team. Uh who's running point? Ivy running point, probably. Yep. yep.
1: Ivy running point.
0: One so when I approach time. when I approach my team, I was like, okay, what wins in college basketball? Guards winning college basketball. Who is a winner? in college basketball as a guard okay. Colin Gillespie that is my point guard easiest pick I've ever made he is probably one of the only truly elite point guards in the country this season there's not very many of them a lot of good ones but I think he's a different level and I wanted to run my offense Uh, he's only averaging three assists a game this season which is confusing but I the pieces sure. I'm putting around him here would you be like elite. Shooting. I also went with Matherin as my two guard it was really between him and you know, a list of others, but just watching him play, just so dynamic. Uh, he's going to be a lottery pick um, from from north of the border, Canada. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that he's got to be on the list. And if I was going to pick a Pac-12 player, I wanted to pick somebody from Arizona because I think the other teams are, you know, not so good in comparison to them. So I went with that. Uh, my three is EJ Liddell, Obviously. I think one of the most underrated players in the country. And I know that people were like, wow, really went out on a limb there to call him a top five player of <laughs> the Big Ten. But guess what? People do not talk about him at all. Like Ohio State's a good team. You never hear him. It's all about Keegan Murray. It's all about Ivy. It's all about Edie. It's all about Kofi. It's all about Johnny Davis, which is just, come on. And also, how the hell can Johnny Davis win national player of the year when he's not even the best guard in this conference? Jaden Ivey yeah. is a better basketball player. I, agree. I do not care. So that's a whole debate for us It's all time. about
1: numbers, I guess. It's all you know, you gotta put up 30, yeah. 30 a game.
0: Yeah, and then you gotta you gotta <laughs> shrink in the biggest games and then not get yeah. flack for it. <laughs> uh you got a completely no show against Penn State and Illinois. So there you go. That's what you got to do. That's the requirement for winning national play of the year, folks. Correct. Congrats. Correct. Uh so you have Jabari Smith at the four. Yeah. I also have Jabari Smith at the four. Mm-hmm. And I know who you're going to have at the five, so just go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, King Kofi of the Flying Illini, 2.0, uh, 21.7 points per game, 60% from the field, 11.2 rebounds per game. And as a big man, one assist per game.
0: So I wanted to go a little bit off the board here. Yeah, you go ahead. I'm not looking for scoring. I got plenty of scoring with Gillespie, Matherin, Liddell, and Smith. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for rim protection. I'm looking for rebounding. Walker. I'm looking for, um, you know, big bodies. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go with uh, Mark Williams from Duke. Okay. Ten points, seven rebounds, only a sophomore, big body, rim protector. I think he's a guy that could take Duke to another level. Didn't have that same kind of rim protection last year when you are playing Matthew Hurt and a freshman, Mark Williams, at the four and five. Didn't work as well, but Duke has all the size, all the shooting, everything that they want. I think Duke is probably one of the top four teams in the country. They probably won't get a one seed because they have a couple of very questionable home losses, Virginia and Miami, and then Wake Forest was a close call. So, um, yeah, I just think that if you look at what he his impact on the game for Duke, I'll take that. Uh, and in this in this hypothetical matchup between our two teams, I think he'll have some trouble with Kofi, but I think he'll hold his own enough to the point where my other guys can kind of get it moving. You have a clone Jabari Smith versus Jabari Smith, uh, Matherin versus Matherin situation, uh-huh. Gillespie versus Ivy, and then Liddell versus uh, Agbaji. So I like the chances there for my squad, but you know what can you do?
1: You would lose by twenty, but it's okay.
0: Uh, that's totally not true, but you can you can you can run with that if you'd like. Um, who'd, be,
1: who'd coach your team?
0: My coach would absolutely, for, for for every reason ever, off the top of my head, my coach would be um, Tom Izzo because we just played that video. Okay. And he likes elite guards that play on both ends <clears throat> and are veterans. Gillespie can be that.
1: Mine would be Juwan Howard, and he'd walk off the court after the game got over.
0: Because you would get blown up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do the next thing I have on here. Um, uh, uh-huh. since you know it's it's a big deal here, uh, we do this every year Power Six Conference Tournament Sleepers. I did this
1: with the mid majors last, last time,
0: right? Well, now this is the big one. This is the one where you're like, okay, oh, I actually, only
1: picked mid majors for this one. I'm joking. I'm
0: joking. That's a weird thing to
1: say. I'm
0: uh,
1: okay, here we go.
0: So, for people that actually like a lot of people actually want like non like casual fans watch these tournaments. That's the thing. Mid-majors, you're not going to see the hardcore guys like us will, but other people not so much. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all right. ACC, who you got?
1: ACC. Um, You know, I'm a big Homer, so I went with Florida state. (laughs) Jesus. Um, They had, they have beaten Miami and Duke earlier in the season. Maybe they'll get something figured out. Maybe they'll get it going. Um, But when you look at the ACC and you look at, you know, teams that are playing well, I mean, I know that they're not going to get six, seven teams in, but I just, I can't pick a Virginia or a Wake Forest or, you know, like you probably pick Syracuse because you love Jim Boeheim, but I'm going to go with Florida State. Yeah. I don't know about
0: all that. Um... (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to go with the uh, Virginia Tech Hokies. Mm -hmm. Number 23 adjusted offense, 70th adjusted defense, and I've said this many times, you look at their lineup on paper, and I know paper does not matter at the end of the day. This team should be so much better than they are, and it makes no sense to me that they are not good. Aluma returned. They have the white shooters from Wofford, which – you know, that's those guys have played in the tournament before, or at least performed in some way. Whether it's Couture, who I don't think was at Wofford, but close enough, and Storm Murphy, I just don't understand why this team is eight and eight in a terrible conference. I don't yeah. get it at all. But I think if they get hot and they shoot the ball well, they're number four in the country in three point percentage. If they shoot the ball well and they get the right matchups, maybe they avoid Duke. If Duke gets picked off by somebody, they could very well win this tournament. I'm going to take Virginia Tech to the Big Twelve.
1: I, I I talked about it in the last one, um, and and I'm going to keep saying it. I think Porter Moser is going to do something with Oklahoma. I know that they're not they're not doing anything special. Um, they've they've been in some games. They haven't been able to win them. I, I can see Porter Moser cracking down X's and O's and and finding a way to win in the Big Twelve.
0: All right. That's a fair pick. That's a fair pick. Uh, I didn't really consider that too much. Uh, I went a little bit down a little bit here. I don't know. I mean, they're playing pretty well overall. I'm going to take Kansas State, uh, just a team that has the guards that you want to win. Their length is fine off the bench. Uh, I think a big key for them, obviously, defense is not a problem with Bruce Weber. It hasn't really been much of a problem at K-State during his time there. Uh, Just a dynamic offensive you know group of players just not efficient this year that's been a problem uh they could get hot though I mean Nigel Pack is somebody that's gonna be hard to guard in these type situations 17 straight games with double digit points uh Mark Smith total non-factor here but uh K-State we'll see I think they could get hot uh I'm looking for tough teams that have the decent numbers on either end of the floor with players that have like Played a lot of basketball. That's what you want here. That's my strategy. I don't know what yours is, but let's go to the
1: the Big East. <laughs> I don't really have one, so I'm just I, I just kind of shut my eyes and picked a team. That's not a bad one. Anyway, strategy. Uh, Big East. Big East. I'm going to go with Butler. Um, they've played a lot of teams close. I, I think in the Big East, uh, they they lost to Providence by one. Yesterday was that yesterday? <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh,
1: okay. And uh, seven, they lost to St. John's by three. They lost to Xavier by two. Um, They beat Marquette. I think Butler was supposed to be a lot better than they have shown this year. So uh, I got them maybe making a little run in the Big East.
0: Yeah, I just don't think Butler's coach is any good. I think Laval Jordan has totally overstayed his welcome there at this point. I don't trust them. I mean, they played pretty well yesterday. Providence, another case of them kind of getting lucky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whatever. I'm going to go with the most me pick ever. I think I'd probably pick them every single year. That's St. John's. John's. (laughs) I mean, I just, their their metrics are not good 64th offensive efficiency, 69th defensive efficiency. But here's the thing we need to see Julian Champigny in the tournament. He's too good of a player, he's been too good of a player. Him and Pasha Alexander both are guys that need to play in the NCAA tournament. This is a tough team. They get out of control. They turn the ball over more than you'd probably like, but not as much as you'd think, even though they have the third fastest tempo in the country. This is just too good of a lineup in the Big East to not get an at-large. Like, how are they 7-8 and eight in this conference? It just makes no sense to me. Uh, they got Creighton, DePaul, Xavier, Marquette to finish. They could go 3-1 and one there. You feel pretty good about the way that they're playing going into the tournament in that case. But at the end of the day, this team should not be as bad as they are. So we need St. John's to get in. Last year they ran into Seton Hall, lost early in the Big East tournament. I think that will change this year. Let's go to the Big Ten.
1: Uh, I'm going to pick a team that you've been ripping on all day. Um, all right. I'm going to take your boy TJD in <sighs> Indiana.
0: Give me a break.
1: feel like they've been very inconsistent this year. Um, you know They've won some games. Wow. That they were on a – a nice, juicy four game losing streak. Um, but they did have to play Illinois, uh, Michigan State, and Wisconsin during that stretch. They got Ohio State tonight, I believe. So could lose another one. But, you know, you get TJD out there flexing and, uh, doing his thing. I think they, they could have a chance. I don't know how they're sitting right now. Um, if, if it ended today, who they'd have to go through. Um, but I just—I have a feeling Indiana might make a little run, and I think it's the only way they get in. So,
0: well, Indiana has been a program recently that has been known to sink upon being asked to sink or swim.
1: If right now they would have to play Iowa first round and then play Purdue, so you know. In other words, they're coming. dead. Big upset dead. coming.
0: Uh, I'm going to go way off the board here and just randomly make a pick here. I'm going to take Penn State. Okay. Uh, not a good offensive team. A very good defensive team. Top 40 in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. Their lineup's pretty good on paper. I mean, Sam Sessoms can make some shots. Jalen Pickett's a solid guard. Miles Dredd, same thing. Seth Lundy's got the length. And then Harhar. I mean, he, he's kind of – he'll have his troubles against certain big men like Dickinson or Kofi or – you know, whatever Purdue's going to throw at them. But uh, he's been pretty good in a lot of these matchups. I mean, you look at what he did against Michigan State was a big reason they beat them. I think Penn State's a team that could kind of grit their way through a couple rounds in the Big Ten tournament. I think their first matchup's going to be an easy one, assuming that they finish where they're at right now, where they would probably play, what, like Maryland or someone like that. Uh, Maybe Indiana? No, it couldn't be Indiana because we just talked about them. Duh. Uh, Penn, Uh,
1: Penn State would play Michigan
0: and then play I mean, that's, not, that's not that hard of a matchup. No. Michigan, at least. It's terrible. All right, uh, Pac-12. Pac-12,
1: I'm going to go with your boy, Bobby Hurley. Arizona State. I know Arizona State's been very uh, mediocre at times, but then at other times, you know, they beat the crap out of Oregon, uh, beat UCLA, uh, played USC close. they've played Arizona close. And they have a bunch of athletes, and I've talked about that before. If they can just figure out how to put the biscuit in the basket, they can do something.
0: I can see it. I can see it. Uh, I don't know if they will actually do that because they're so like <laughs> untrustworthy the way that they play oh, is just, a billion percent. yeah just disgusting. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the team that I loved before the season that's really falling apart. That's Washington State. 111th offensive efficiency, number 18 defensive efficiency. I thought they'd get an at-large bid before the season. Not looking that way. They started 7-3 and three in the Pac-12. They're now 7-8. and eight. They've lost five straight to Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, UCLA, USC. So four pretty, you know, okay losses there, and then Arizona State. So not ideal. They're a very young team. The metrics really like them. Uh, they're young, a lot of talent, though. I think Noah Williams is a stud. Uh, they just They just haven't been what they're supposed to be. And uh, that's the case with a lot of teams. But I still like them to try to get hot in the Pac-12 tournament. We saw Oregon State win it last year in the make and run of the tournament. So why not a different team do it this year? And I think Washington State or Arizona State could be that team. to uh, to see if Bobby Hurley actually wants to save his job. If I were him, I'd get fired because that place sucks. So I don't know. Uh, SEC.
1: Uh, the SEC, I picked uh, Florida because they beat Auburn yesterday.
0: Good pick, great reasoning, no doubt. Uh, much better team early in the season than they've been lately, but that's a big win there. I'm just going to take South Carolina because I like the way they play because they're good defensively and they play fast. And Frank Martin's a psycho. So, um, I mean, their interior front court. Like their defense inside could be a problem. I know it's Sheboy and Kessler, but they pretty much do whatever they want efficiency wise, not really volume wise. But Oscar had eighteen and fourteen against them, and then Kessler had twelve and ten with four blocks. And then he had five for five from the field, so that could be a problem for them. But I think that they could probably maybe handle some teams with their with their defense this uh, this time around. We'll see. Uh, those are the. Conference tournament sleepers power six. Uh, those will be starting up in a couple weeks. All that stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. team of the week.
1: Team of the week. Uh, I went with Texas Tech. Um, I, I think Texas Tech is one of the best, can be one of the best teams in the country. Um, when they get guys going, they beat Baylor and they won at Texas this week. Uh, you know, stuck it to beard, mess with the beard. You get beat by the horns or some, I don't know. Um, So, yeah, Texas Tech, good week for them.
0: Yep, I went with Texas Tech as well. Uh, Beat Baylor by 10, beat Texas by six. They had tremendous defense against Texas on Saturday, 2-0 against Beard now. Shout out to them. Uh, Kevin O'Banner at 23 against Baylor, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, if he gets going, that'll really change them. Uh, And the length is just something that's going to kill somebody in the tournament. Their first-round matchup is going to be – like a 70 to 37 game. it's probably <laughs> yeah. gonna be against like a fourteen seed or a thirteen seed, but it's yeah. gonna be ugly. Like they have two guys or they have nobody under six three and only two players under six six. So yeah, they got length, they Pretty got good. defense, they got experience. They have a coach that I think fits the system a little bit even better than Beard did, but whatever. Uh player of the week.
1: Uh, I went with uh Julian Champani.
0: Champagne.
1: champagne, Champagne Shouldn't be champagne That doesn't make any sense Anyways, uh, 29 points uh, over two games He had 31 against Butler 27 against Xavier Shot uh, almost 50% from the field Had 10 steals over those two games 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 blocks Uh He's really good And he plays for a team you like, right?
0: St. John's, shout out <laughs> to the Johnnies, dude Yeah I'm going to go with your boy, Johnny Davis, 30 points, 12 rebounds, and assist a block of steel against Indiana, Uh, 25 points, six rebounds, and assist three blocks over Michigan, Won the greatest competition, but big games from him. He was actually efficient, 21 for 32 from the field overall. And the only reason I gave it to, this to him is because he actually shot well from the field. We've seen games where he's had a lot of points, he and did, it was mostly yeah. free throws. But yeah. this time he actually scored efficiently and got a lot of rebounds. That's the one thing that he does better than any guard in the Big Ten is rebounding. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a big week. I don't really like him either. Did. I, it's not that he I don't did. like him. I don't like the conversation surrounding him yeah anything. but that's it is what it is
1: uh, I I honestly almost picked him just to see what you'd say that
0: would have been something that <laughs> really would have been something all right uh real quick top 5 analytical darlings the the analytics love certain teams and last year it was it was San Diego state for their defense it was Loyola Chicago for their offense it was USC for their offense Colorado and Iowa all that stuff and a lot of it's the same this year the way that I look at this is a team that's really bad on one side of the ball for what they should be compared to their other side and the fact that they're ranked higher than they would be just because of that one side. And that's Purdue, a good example of that. They're number one offensively, number 115 defensively, and that makes them 13th overall. Wow. Number two, San Diego State, number 174 on offense. Just horrendous offensive team. Number one defensively. So now they're 23rd overall. So, really? I Really? Mean, a team that's that bad offensively being 23rd is is really something. Uh, Iowa always like this, number five offensively, number 102 defensively, uh, number 16 overall on Ken Palm. Iowa State, number 134 offensively, number seven defensively. They're 29th overall. And then you have LSU is 106 adjusted offense and uh, number three adjusted defense. That's number 17 overall. And a hilarious one is VCU, who's an honorable mention, number 248 adjusted offense and number five adjusted defense and they're 70th. So that's a 243 spot gap between their <laughs> offense and defense. That's crazy. It's really something I think some would say, but uh, that is what it is, I suppose. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, three upset picks of the week. I went one and two last week. I missed on wake forest to almost one. And then I missed on somebody else. Then I got St. John's over Xavier. So nailed that one. Uh, congrats. On I go? really, I don't even know. I went 3-3 and for the last two weeks, though, so we'll see.
1: Let's see. I picked Wake Forest over at Duke.
0: We both got that wrong.
1: Uh, Oklahoma versus Texas. (laughs) Then that didn't happen.
0: I think Texas won that.
1: Yep. And uh, Indiana versus Wisconsin. That was a win, right? Did I get that one?
0: Did Wisconsin lose? No, I don't think they did. I don't think they did. Because I just well, had John okay. Davis as my... Well, I'm <laughs>
1: terrible at this game. Okay, anyways, here we go. My three for the week. Um, I got Michigan State at Iowa tomorrow night. Uh, Michigan State's going to win that game. Uh, I, I assume the, that Iowa will be the favorite since they're at home. I know that in the rankings, uh, I think Iowa had like 59 votes and Michigan State had 58, so... Um, But I assume Iowa will be the favorite at home. So I'm going to take Michigan State. Uh, They are uh, sliding the wrong way. They lost to Penn State. Uh, They lost to Wisconsin. They lost to Rutgers. They had one win versus a terrible Indiana team who's going to make a run in the Big Ten tournament. And they also lost to Illinois at home. So uh, expect Tom Izzo to uh, air high five a lot of people. (laughs) <laughs> uh, my other one uh, is going to be San Diego State going into Boise State tomorrow night, also, um, and and getting a dub against the the Boise State
0: Broncos.
1: Broncos. Um, and then my last one is going to be uh, your team, the Ducks. Uh, Thursday they go to they play UCLA at home. I'm going to have Oregon winning against UCLA.
0: That's my lead. Thursday, oh. Oregon over UCLA. <laughs> All right. Boom. Uh, I'm going to take Michigan State to beat Purdue on Saturday. Wow. Uh, I think Michigan State's going to win a couple here. They've lost many games. Around. I think Izzo's is going to be like, okay,
1: time to start. You
0: think that we can just air handshake people? Fine by <laughs> me. We'll win, piss the other team off, and then we'll air high five people. That's right. Boom. It'll work every single time. Then uh, my final one. I'm going to take Maryland over Ohio State because why the hell not? Because Maryland's has some very weird performances. It's a home game for them. Ohio State, I think, is going to lose some games they shouldn't lose. Uh, but I, I don't know. Maryland, why not? 64-60 is what the score is going to be in that game. By the way, so okay. you to look out there with Vegas and what uh, what they what they think. So <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll see. I mean, they I totally you know bodied them with the whole Rutgers thing. So. Yes. Had that going Good yesterday. Work. Nailed that one. Yeah. Easily. If you didn't
1: hammer it, then that was your fault. Yeah, exactly. All
0: right. There's not too many games of the week this week, per se, uh, in terms of what there normally is per day, but especially Saturday is not as much. But we're going to start on Monday tonight, six o'clock, coming up in about an hour from now. Indiana at Ohio State. That's on FS1. And you have Loyola Chicago at Illinois State. Loyola Chicago looking to bounce back from a loss to Drake on ESPN Plus, seven o'clock, eight o'clock. Baylor at Oklahoma State. Uh, Baylor looking to uh, you know win some ball games here and keep that number two seed status potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got New Mexico State at Seattle at nine o'clock on ESPN Plus. That's number two versus number one in the WAC, Great Conference, the Dang. Western Athletic Conference. Tremendous
1: State, conference. Arizona State, UCLA. Big game, big game. No interest. Uh, all right. The Sun Devils got some
0: work to do. That they do a lot of work, like uh, almost <laughs> to the point where they should probably just quit. Okay. So wow, that's something to think about if you're Bobby Early, just quitting and giving up. <laughs> something to think about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, all right. Tuesday, 6 o'clock, number 18 Arkansas at Florida. Arkansas is hot. Florida just beat Auburn. Should be an interesting game for the must Bus. See what happens there. Michigan State at number 25, Iowa. You say Michigan State's going to win that game. That's at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Then you'll have uh, number 21, UConn, hosting number 8, Villanova. 7 o'clock, FS1. That'll be a great game in the Big East. Uh, Oklahoma at number 9, Texas Tech. See if Porter Moser's offense can get 50 points against Texas Tech, I don't know, I'm not so sure. Uh, Kansas State at number five, Kansas on ESPN, 8 o'clock. San Diego State at Boise State. You say San Diego State's going to go on their win. That's, That's right. 8 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. Number 24, Alabama, hopefully embarrassing the old Jerry Stackhouse in Vanderbilt, 8 <laughs> o'clock on SEC Network. Yeah, that'll be fun, I'm sure. Uh, UNLV, who's been known to beat some teams, uh, you know, for fun and such. Uh, they play at Nevada at 10 o'clock on CBS Sports Network tomorrow night. Uh, Wednesday, Creighton at St. John's. The Johnnies need to get some wins here. Stack them up. Get them going. How you doing? Keep them moving. 5.30, FS1. Uh, 6 o'clock, Duke at Virginia. Virginia beat Duke at Cameron Indoor a few weeks ago. Revenge game, possibly, unless Tony Bennett sweeps Coach K during his farewell tour, which is a joke. Uh, Xavier at number 11, Providence 6 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Almost picked Xavier for an upset there, but I think the dunk is too electric for them to lose. I think they'll win. Uh, TCU at number 20, Texas, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Rattle off some more here. Uh, Rutgers at Michigan, 6 o'clock. George Mason at VCU, 6 o'clock. Wake Forest at Clemson, 6 o'clock. You got Wofford at VMI, 6 o'clock. Chattanooga at ETSU, 6 o'clock. The reason those are significant. Number 5 versus number 3 in the SOCON for Wofford, VMI. VMI trending in the right direction. Chattanooga at ETSU. uh, That's number 1 versus number 8 in the SOCON, but East Tennessee State is number fifty-three adjusted offensive efficiency, so they're going to throw a lot at a Chattanooga team that's coming off of a loss. Something to think about. Number okay. fourteen, Houston's been struggling at Tulane. Tulane trending upward in the American. Uh, number thirteen, Wisconsin at Minnesota. Uh, Wyoming at Colorado State. LSU at Kentucky, eight o'clock on ESPN. That'll be a good game there. Thursday, Maryland at Indiana, six o'clock, six thirty. Sam Houston State at Stephen F. Austin. That's ESPN+. Plus. South Dakota State at Oral Roberts, a solid summit matchup. Oral Roberts started a fight with North Dakota State in the last game. That was a fight that wasn't talked about as much because it wasn't on national TV. <laughs> Belmont at number 19, Murray State at 8 o'clock. Number 22, Ohio State at number 15, Illinois 8 o'clock. Number one, Gonzaga at San Francisco. Big challenge for Gonzaga. They'll probably win by 20, but it'll be a fun game for a little bit, I'm sure. 8 o'clock ESPN. Uh, number 12, UCLA at Oregon. At 8.30 and then 9 o'clock, UC Irvine at Cal State Fullerton. That's number three versus number two in the Big West. Friday night, I just threw it on there because there's really nothing. Northwestern at Penn State. Uh, That'll be hilarious. Uh, St. Louis at Richmond at 6 o'clock. And then 8 o'clock, Texas State at Troy. That's the number one versus number three in the Sun Belt right now. Saturday, 11 a.m., Michigan State hosts number four Purdue. Oklahoma State goes to Oklahoma on CBS for some reason. Uh, 1 o'clock, North Carolina at NC State. Number 20, Texas at West Virginia. Iowa State at Kansas State. Number 6, Kentucky at number 18, Arkansas. That'll be an electric game. Uh, 2 o'clock, Virginia Tech at Miami. Seton Hall at Xavier, 2.30. Number 3, Auburn at number 17, Tennessee at 3 o'clock. Loyola, Chicago at Northern Iowa at 5. Duke at Syracuse at 5. Number 13, Wisconsin at Rutgers at 5. 7 o'clock, number 2, Arizona at Colorado. Number 5, Kansas at number 10, Baylor at 7 o'clock. Uh, Creighton at Providence, 7.30, Gonzaga at St. Mary's at 9 o'clock, USC at Oregon at 9 o'clock, the all central time, by the way, Boise State at UNLV, Colorado State at Utah State, that's 9 o'clock, 9.30, and then the nightcap, 10.59 p.m., number one in the Big West, Long Beach State at number three in the Big West, UC Irvine, boom. Uh, Sunday, if you would like to see some live televised murder, number 21 at Georgetown, tune in. There might be another 11 a.m. fight on CBS with Bobby not Bobby, Dan Early, and Patrick Ewing go toe-to-toe. That's a fair fight. Uh, <laughs> UConn is going to murder them on national television. All that should right. be exciting. Uh, SMU at number 14, Houston at 1130. Number 15, Illinois at Michigan at 1 o'clock on CBS. So uh, three games on CBS. Wichita State at Memphis at 130 on ESPN. The third CBS game is Ohio State at Maryland. How the hell has Maryland been on CBS 3 the last four weeks? What the hell is going on with that? And then St. John's at DePaul on – FS one presumably at four o'clock. So those are the games of the week. Lots to do, lots to cover. There's gonna be less games of the week as we go because we're gonna get into the conference tournaments. Those will all lower the 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 number of them overall. And I was kind of waiting to see if we'd see because there was a rumor that a um, a rumor that
1: they were putting out a statement today.
0: Yeah, there's Spoon. supposed to be suspension stuff coming out soon, but we don't know. What it is. So we'll talk about it probably never. All right. (laughs) That's it for us. We'll be back next week for number four Countdown to March Madness Conference Tournaments. Start next week. We'll sort of talk about those and other things around the world of college basketball. We'll see you then. Later.